1: It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Oh,
0: you are not going to be able to wipe the smile off my face today. And it's all about this weather forecast. How are you doing, everybody? It's the fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee, And I'll tell you, if you want to feel fabulous... Just take a look at this weather forecast for Wisconsin the fifth day of November. You almost have to pinch yourself. We'll see mostly sunny skies today. 71 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunshine and 71. Saturday, partly sunny and 69. Sunday, partly sunny and 68. Now, is our luck going to continue into next week? That's one of the questions I've got for Stu Mock, our ag meteorologist. He's coming up in just a little bit. Well, we've been keeping you up to date all year long on the changes that our livestock exhibitors have had to go through because of COVID-19. County fairs canceled, realigned as livestock expos. No Wisconsin State Fair, no World Dairy Expo. Well, the North American International Livestock Expo is happening down at the Kentucky Fairgrounds in Louisville. Now, normally that's a big show for a lot of our Wisconsin livestock exhibitors. Dairy, hogs, beef, all of them head to Louisville. But because of Wisconsin's escalated levels of coronavirus, they were not welcome by the North American crew. But now things have changed. So some of our Wisconsin livestock exhibitors are headed toward Louisville. Josh Scramlin's got an update on what's going on with that show after we talk to Stu Muck. And also, before the end of the show, Matt Trannel, risk manager with uh, Commodity Risk Management Group out of Platteville is joining us. We had a big sell-off yesterday for our 40-pound block cheese, and even barrel cheese was lower. Is this repercussions of the election? What's going on there? Matt joins us live to give you the latest market information.
2: Compier financial is proud to support hard-working farmers and their families during this harvest season as you work relentlessly to feed clothe and fuel the world we want to wish you a safe and bountiful harvest and say thank you for all you do give your local Compier team a call at 844-426-6733 or visit Compier.com for lending crop insurance appraisal and other financial needs Compier financial is an equal credit opportunity lender there hasn't been a whole lot going on since the coronavirus pandemic, but luckily there are still opportunities to get involved and educate. From the western end of the world's longest barn in Lacrosse, I'm Caitlin Riley. And we've shared stories time and time again of women getting more involved in agriculture. And we saw it in our latest census. We saw a 27% increase in female producers in Pam. You had the chance to chat with some of the organizers on the ground level who are helping these women as they're navigating the complicated business of farming, agribusinesses, and more.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Caitlin. Fabulous. Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And let's let's uh, fast forward to today. Now our farm women are not only trying to navigate uh, agribusiness, the markets, all of the influence from the pandemic on those markets. Some of these women may be working remotely on a separate office farm job, and then factor in that the kids are sitting right there for many of the households, so you've got to try to find time for that. It's a balancing act that they've probably never been up against in previous times. Trying to stay connected with other women that are facing those same challenges is exactly what Heart of the Farm is all about. It is a program that's designed for farm women focused on educational topics, business topics, and just keeping them connected with the resources that were out there. Talked about it with Jenny Vanderlin, who's coordinating the Coffee Chats version that are going to be held on the second Monday of every month from 10 until 11 a.m. right through March, the first of which is coming up on November 9th when Jerry Apps will kick off the Coffee chat season talking about women's place in Wisconsin history. Jenny Vanderlin gave me a little bit of an update on how they've uh, kind of finessed the program to hopefully attract more farm women than ever before and keep them connected even if it is just virtually.
3: It does have to be administered. As you know, the Heart of the Farm um, Women in Agriculture program is, is a UW-Madison Division of Extension program. And what we try to do is address the needs of farm women by providing education um, on farm business topics, networking, social networking, and connecting them with um, other farm women, resources, and creating that support networks And, due to the covid we started last may um doing some online series called coffee chats so we're still we were unable to host any in person conferences so we came up with this online series to connect and to continue supporting that though that very important women in agriculture network
2: you know
0: and jenny i'm going to just jump in here because honestly now that we've lived what 8 months of this uh pandemic Staying connected, having somebody else uh, that's in the same boat as you, I, I'm thinking that value, that uh, that uh, element is uh, incredibly important for our farm women.
3: Oh, it's very important because they're all kind of in the same boat. I mean, women in just about any industry are all already disproportionately responsible for a lot of the domestic chores and caretaking, as we all well know. And it, just on the farm, it's even busier than that. You might be working on the farm and off the farm, but you're also probably now taking care of grandchildren. You're doing um, you know, added responsibilities of teaching, and, and you feel even more isolated than you may have before. And so those social networking lines and ties are extremely important.
0: All right, so tell me how you have been working with your team to transition to that online presentation, and I see your kickoff, fella is one of my favorites, Jerry Apps, to, I guess, probably give us a little perspective on it all.
3: Yeah, Jerry's going to start off our our series and kind of um, talk about women in agriculture and give a little brief history. And he's going to kind of bring in some going back to the pioneer days and bringing in how uh, women in agriculture have changed over the years, and he's going to be drawing a little bit on his mother's roles at that time. He's also got a new book out about cheese and the making of the Wisconsin tradition, and he's going to kind of do a little bit of uh, how women women's roles in the cheese-making process also
0: yeah, well, maybe, and uh, again, I want to jump ahead a little bit. That's uh, something that many people from a non-farm background may not understand, is that a lot of our Wisconsin cheesemaking began because of unique, creative farm women.
3: Yeah, very much so. I think that it will be kind of drawing on and bringing in other people from um, different industries, not only the ag world, but can, kind of like honoring those those women in agriculture and how that they are very, very important to the industry.
0: Jenny Vanderlyn's along with us, coordinator of this fall's Heart of the Farm uh, coffee chats, continuing from uh, this spring and now focused in on keeping us connected going into the winter months. Now, got to ask you, Jenny. At any given time, maybe since COVID became a part of our world, or maybe it goes back to 2019, how many women generally will take advantage of the Heart of the Farm series?
3: Do you, are you meaning the the online series or the actual in-person conferences over the years? Either. Well, the online series we did host them last year, and we had very very good turnout. We started out with a statewide one, and then we also did them regionally and locally, and we had quite a quite a few people. Um, the the one-day conferences, which we've had over the years, we've had oh probably. Well, since we started in about 2002, we've had over a thousand women attend all of our conferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And what's the feedback like, Jenny? I mean, what people may not understand is, yes, this is a job, but you also feed off your audience. What do you hear from the women that tap into Heart of the Farm?
3: Well, actually, one of the one of the biggest things that we hear is that that the social networking. Sometimes they they have actually met. Somebody that it will lives within five six miles from them, and they hadn 't known that, so that social networking knowing that they 're not alone, knowing that they 're not as self um, isolated as they they may have thought, and just kind of being able to talk to somebody else and that understands the agricultural world and for for instance, if you're working off the farm, you might be working with a coworker who has no idea what their agricultural background is and stuff. And so that's that networking and having somebody actually in the room that they can talk to who understands.
0: I got to ask you, Jenny, when uh, you started putting together these uh, winter series of conversations. Did you have to think differently about the topics that you wanted to focus in on because of that isolation, because of uh, the pandemic's influence on our lives? I recognize that it's all about trying to keep farm women, uh, their skills set up, keep them networked. But did you have to slow down and really think about what topics best fit at this particular time in life?
3: Oh, we did. We have a planning committee of um, various county educators across the state. And we met quite a few times and kind of gathered different topics and different issues that they they coming from a more regional or county level thought would be really important. And kind of putting a little bit of fun in it, but also doing the educational resources, giving them some tips on how to deal with stress. And we hope to actually do a few more at the local um, level to kind of deal a little bit more with a little bit how tips for dealing with your stress and giving you a little bit more private time maybe some um, online burnout tips or something like that
0: right well and you send that link my way because I'm I'm right there with you let me ask you Jenny uh, because of the force distancing uh, have to you know basically stay home are you turning to any other tools that are now going to be connected with Heart of the Farm? Uh, Facebook page, chat rooms, anything like that that's designed to keep that conversation, keep that connectivity going after the session?
3: Well, we do have um, a Facebook page that we will continue to post um, various topics um, and press releases and and information on that. And we also have a Heart of the Farm website where you can get information on how to register for the, the coffee chat. But that will also have other resources that we might pick up during conversation that local educators might have, um, different um, webinars or Zooms that they might want to participate in, some you know resources, documents that that, that they might want to download and and might be helpful for them.
0: Jenny Vanderlyn, one of the administrators of this year's Heart of the Farm Women in Agriculture Fall and Winter Coffee Chats, starting again on November 9th with Jerry Apps, author and professor emeritus from UW Madison, talking about women in agriculture, giving us a brief history of the state and our pioneer women. And then uh, remember, they're meeting every second Monday from November through March. 10 until 11 a.m., all of it absolutely free for farm women from across the state, women in agribusiness, women in rural Wisconsin, to stay connected. Heart of the Farm. You can find details on my website now. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
4: Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an a certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater.
5: You love to cook. Life should be lived like baking a spectacular 14-layer chocolate cake. And you should be the one to choose the icing. This is Pete Gunderson. At Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, it costs nothing to prearrange affordable options and plan your life celebration. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Learn more at GundersonFH.com.
0: Recently, the U.S. Navy delivered tons of food to hungry people halfway around the world. But
4: you could help someone in your own community simply by donating a can of soup. Last
0: week, a Navy doctor saved the life of a total stranger.
6: Just like you could by giving a pint of blood.
0: The men and women of America's Navy do some amazing things to make the world a better place. So can you, whether it's by donating food or simply giving time, right in your own backyard. Brought to you by America's Navy.
1: Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Oh, I'm so looking forward to this conversation, which as you know, at this time in November is not always a given. Let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Stu Montkeg, meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And like I say, for a change, your message is all sunny. That's This is really odd weather for this stage in November, isn't it, Stu?
7: Absolutely, Pam. I mean, normally we should be talking daytime highs about 50 degrees. Today, tomorrow, Saturday, upper 60s, almost 70. So about a 20 degree above average temperature right now, not hard to take. You can't help but see everybody is busy outdoors, no matter what it is, manure hauling, getting the soybeans in, working the corn up, chopping corn stalks, baling like crazy around here. Just a fantastic time. Take advantage, make the most of it. We know it's not going to last forever. And I guess I have a little insider information. I know it's not going to last until Tuesday, some rain by that time. But until then, we have a gorgeous forecast in store, a little weak cool front dropping into northern Wisconsin. That accounts for some morning clouds on this Thursday. They'll break up. We'll see sunshine return. And with that sunshine, still have the above normal temperatures and the wonderful day, not too windy today, tomorrow, starting to get a little breezier Saturday and Sunday, nothing too bad, no gusts over 20 miles per hour but a bit more breezy than, than maybe a 10-mile-an-hour gust today. So it just sounds great right into the weekend. That system organizing out in the Pacific Northwest finally ejects, finally pushes our way, and I'd expect when we start making our way, if not even late, late Sunday night in the west into Monday, there'll be a small chance for some rain to build in, and along with the clouds and the rain, just a little cooler air starts to settle in, and unfortunately, by Wednesday, I'll say back to a cooler-than-normal pattern. But let's not talk about it. We'll tell you all about today right after this.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: Rural Mutual Insurance. The number one farm insurer in Wisconsin is here for you even when the weather isn't. With crop hail damage, protect your operation from hail, fire, lightning, and more. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm.
1: Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin
6: strong. a history of success means proven performance but let's call performance what it is profitability and boosting yours no matter what the season brings is the goal of DeKalb brand corn backed by exclusive genetics whole farm solutions and unmatched dealer support let nothing shake your perseverance ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance Always read and follow IRM where applicable grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions.
0: All right, buddy, go ahead and give me as many details as you can as far as this forecast is concerned.
7: All right, well, we have the morning clouds around. You may see them, you may not, but there are some clouds this morning. They will break out, and as we head toward midday and certainly into the afternoon, a lot more sunshine will be around, and it makes for a great Thursday as we head up to about 70, maybe cracking the low 70s in the west. And the west winds will be about 5 to 10. Overnight with clear skies, mid 40s, only a west breeze at 5. Sunny skies Friday, another great day, right around 70. The south winds about 5 to 10. Saturday, much the same. Sunny skies, upper 60s, maybe a 70. South winds about 5 to 15. Back again around 70 on Sunday with that south breeze, but then by Monday, some scattered light rain. At this point, Pam, I don't think we're going to get flooded out or anything, but some rain showers, some dampness really settles in. Monday sticks around toward Tuesday, and that really helps to start cooling us back off.
0: Yeah, but at least it's going to be rain, not snow, right?
7: It may end as some of that, but yeah, we're not going that far. Yikes.
0: All right. Very good. We'll take what we got, and we'll recap the beautiful tomorrow, all right?
7: Yeah, keep working.
0: Yep, they will. They will. Good deal. Thanks to Stumacher Ag Meteorologist. You know they're going to keep on working. Uh, And speaking of working, I see my friends from Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin have got some great seminars coming up. They are going to be in Juneau at PDPW's uh, headquarters, if you will, for some face-to-face learning financial literacy. Some of the people they've got, Dr. Kevin Bar- Bernhardt from uh, UW-Platteville, Gary Saporsky, a financial consultant, also Dick Whitman, who is the board chair, transition coach, former manager of a 20,000-acre crop and cattle and timber operation in Idaho. All those folks are going to be a part of the liter- financial literacy session going on. That starts on November 11th, and it's going to be in June. I'll find more at pdpw.org. Uh, On our website as well. We'll keep you posted on what's going on there.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
8: Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end
4: savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah.
1: Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Nobody covers the Packers, Brewers, Badgers, and Bucks better than Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show, weekdays from 10 to 2. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM, The Zone.
2: My friend Carly, my friend Anu, the cab driver, the hostess, our waiter, a bouncer, the bartender, random guy, cute guy, and I don't know, maybe 30 strangers? That's a lot of people for a night out, so I'm staying home instead, just for now. I do it for future house parties and tailgating and a better 2021, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect what matters to you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19.
4: As new laws are shaped for compliance, be sure to update your signage with Signs by Tomorrow, like social distancing reminders, relocating of services and business changes, visible outdoor signage, new, fresh, and current signage. Signs by Tomorrow provides stand-up signage, banners, open and closed signs. Be the best business you can be and communicate your image and customer procedures with Signs by Tomorrow. Visit signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it.
9: Hey, hop in. We're going gambling. That's right. The Zone is taking a bus trip down to Diamond Joe Casino in Dubuque, Iowa for a Sunday at the Casino and Sportsbook. For just $60, dollars you get a ride to and from the casino, a lunch, beer on the bus, a $10 voucher to gamble, and a comp meal at the casino. All those details can be found at madcitysportszone.com. Now spots are limited as we're following all COVID-19 protocols. It's a zone bus trip to Diamond Joe Casino in Dubuque on November 15th, brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste, only 96 calories, and brewed for Wisconsin. It's Miller time. And TNT Catering. Sign up now at madcitysportszone.com.
0: Attorney John Rihala with Clifford & Rihala.
4: At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street people rear-ended by semi-trucks to victims of drunk driver crashes no matter how you've been injured our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery and very importantly we also know how to protect that recovery at clifford and rihala we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached if those issues aren't handled carefully an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala.
0: For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you, for justice, myjustice.com.
6: Confusion ever someone or have sudden you trouble had speaking understanding?
0: Understanding trouble? Have you sudden have or speaking someone ever Confusion?
6: Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, trouble speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? It could be one of the
0: five signs of stroke.
6: Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg.
0: Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes.
6: Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance.
0: Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere.
6: If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own.
1: It's late until,
0: wait, don't too. Don't,
6: don't wait, wait until, until, until it's too, too late. late. Time lost is brain lost.
0: Find out more at power to Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council.
8: You can't buy a best friend. You can love them, walk them, pet them, and care for them whether they want you to or not. You can take a picture or 50. You can fly to the moon, travel the world, or just stay in bed. You can't buy a best friend like that, but you can adopt one. There are millions of pets waiting for a best friend just like you. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Brian Gutekunst, the
9: GM of the Green Bay Packers. Did nothing in the NFL trade deadline, as the Packers allegedly couldn't come to an agreement with Will Fuller, Texans wide receiver. Rowdy, good morning. We got some answers yesterday, and they were all bad answers.
8: Yeah, a lot of them is what we expected, especially with the Packers.
9: And we I mean you said no, I said no when we had RJ in here. RJ said no when it comes to do we think they're going to do anything? We all said no. And even though we all said no, I knew nothing was going to happen. When nothing did happen though, I still was a little upset. How about you?
8: Yeah, I was peeved, especially when it it came down to we couldn't find a common ground for value.
9: Yeah. So what did the Texans want a second round draft pick for Will Fuller? Is that what was floating around out there? The pet pa- <laughs> The Texans wanted a second-round draft pick for Will Fuller, Rowdy.
8: At least you knew you were getting a a known commodity with Will Fuller. Yes. I have no idea what Brian Gudekunst is going to take with a second-round pick, but if trends are your friends, it's probably not going to be the great player. Um,
9: I'm going to go out on a limb and say next year with that second-round draft pick, Brian Gudekunst will take a backup quarterback to Jordan Love. Not a backup to Rodgers, not a backup to Boyle, but a backup to Love because he wants to make sure that he's got a secure backup spot once Jordan Love is named the quarterback. Um, what did the Packers do last with their second-round pick? They got a guy that gave them COVID-19, AJ
8: Dillon. Uh, he's carried the ball about 20
9: times. He's carried the ball, and he's carried COVID-19. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, how how many years has it been? All right, more second-round picks. Uh, Elton Jenkins, Goody, selected in 2019. But What do we think about that one? Great pick. Let's go to Josh Jackson, twenty eighteen. Hasn't worked out so hot. And then I guess we'll just go back, and now we'll go to Ted Thompson, Josh Jones, second round pick, and Kevin King. But they traded back to get Kevin King.
8: Yeah, that that true Josh Jones pick was the second rounder. Yes. Uh, Josh Didn't Jones, work out. no longer on the team. Didn't work out. Didn't oh. really have a position.
9: Okay, how about this second round pick? In 2016, Jason Spriggs. Next. Jason Spriggs, got, by the way. Did he just get cut? Um, Jason Spriggs or got he, COVID-19. Or yeah,
8: that's what it was, COVID.
9: Jason Spriggs got diagnosed with COVID-19 yesterday. He will be out a while for the Chicago Bears. He's looked Bears. sick his
8: whole career out on the field.
9: All right, here's another second-round pick. 2015, Quentin Rollins. No longer in the NFL. Uh, there's a good one right here. Devontae Adams, 2014.
8: Yeah, six years ago. <laughs> yep.
9: And then uh, seven years ago, Eddie, Eddie Lacy. Remember Ed? Remember Big Ed? No longer in the league. 2012, Jarrell Worthy, Rowdy.
8: Also probably no longer in the league.
9: Uh, we're going to go all the way to 2010, just make it a nice decade. 2011, Randall Cobb. That was pretty nice. That was all right. His picture's hanging behind me. Autographed. Met meta at AT&T. And then in 2010, just to round out the decade, Mike Neal. What do you think of... A lot of guys not in the NFL anymore. So, uh, or on the Packers. So, of the past 10 years, the Packers have had success with Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams. Do we count Eddie Lacy as a success?
8: Yeah, for two years.
9: Okay, and Eddie Lacy. So, out of... Can you say Elton Jenkins is a success?
8: I think so. He's been really good since they drafted him.
9: Okay, so what is that? Three, then? Three out of ten? Three and a half. Three and a half? We'll go Three and a half. That's how many second-rounders the Packers have had work out. And in that time, Rowdy, uh, all the way back to 2010. Now, 2010 is that Super Bowl year. But I don't think – did Mike Neal have a lot to do with that Super Bowl run? No. Out of all of those names, besides that 2010 class, who has had a Super Bowl under their belt? None of them. What have the Packers done for the past, Well, I don't know, like 20 years when it comes to the trade deadline? Nothing.
8: Pretty, yeah, pretty much sit tight.
9: They've done nothing. What's the Rowdy, what's the definition of insanity?
8: Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome.
9: And the Packers did the same effing thing they've always done, and that is do absolutely nothing in the trade deadline. Will Fuller. How about this, Rowdy? Will Fuller has five receiving touchdowns this season. All other Packer wide receivers not named Devonte Adams have four.
1: You can hear her clearly even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam
0: Yonke. Have I told you how beautiful it's going to be today? Sunshine, we could touch out right around 71 degrees. Same thing tomorrow, sunny in 71. Even the weekend looks beautiful with sunny skies. 69 on Saturday, 68 on Sunday. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. So today's the fifth day of November. On this day in 1943, Vatican City was bombed. It was during the Second World War, and an Italian aircraft broke the neutrality of uh, Vatican City and bombed it. I didn't remember that. On this day in 2001, the Green Valley Killer pleaded guilty. Gary Ridgway, his name, a serial killer also known as the Green Valley Killer, pled guilty to killing 48 women in the 80s and the 90s. That happened on this day back in 2003, and now you know. Well, we've been keeping you up to date on all of the erratic show schedules that our Wisconsin Livestock Exhibitors have had to persevere through. It started with cancellation of county fairs that morphed into livestock expos. And then it was the Wisconsin State Fair being postponed, and that turned into a Livestock Expo. World Dairy Expo postponed. Well, one show that is still on is the North American International Livestock Expo down at the Kentucky State Fairgrounds in Louisville. Now, this show involves all of our livestock, from dairy to hogs to beef, everything, lambs, everything is allowed in to Louisville, except our Wisconsin exhibitors. At least that's the way it was. North American Livestock Expo Expo officials had said because of surging COVID numbers here in the state of Wisconsin, our livestock exhibitors would not be allowed to enter the show. Well, Josh Gramlin joins us this morning and updates us. It looks like things have changed, huh, Josh?
2: It seems as though the tides have shifted and Wisconsinites will be able to go down to Louisville. And I'm bringing in sheep breeder and exhibitor Todd Taylor of Arlington, Wisconsin. Uh, Todd, you guys are going mainly because at this point you haven't been told that you can't go, right?
4: Exactly, yes. We have not been informed that we are we will not be allowed to go. We've got some updates um, in terms of protocol for when we come in down there. What we have to do, paperwork we have to fill out, and some of, some of those kind of things. So, at this point, at least myself and my wife and my youngest son and, and two nieces are planning to head out of here with five or six head of South Downs and Hamps next week.
2: So, like those protocols, I think don't you? What What are the waivers that they're having you sign?
4: As I, I haven't seen one yet. Um, I understand. I mean, they're, they're they're just classified as a COVID waiver. Um, and I think a lot of it, from what I understand, is, is for future contact tracing if, if, if they do have an issue down there so that, you know, the health authorities can get a hold of you and let you know that, hey, you've been exposed, um, you know, not necessarily that they're going to come after us for exposing anybody if, if, you know, if so to speak, but they do want to have a good record for contact tracing later on if something happens.
2: Makes sense because, uh, I, I mean, up until you guys actually decided – or, or figured out, wow, yeah, we can't go. I mean, you were on pins and needles for a while because you really di- you, you didn't know.
4: Right. Yep, yep. You know, with, uh, with the increase in, in COVID cases in Wisconsin, we kind of questioned it a little bit, whether we were going to be allowed to or not, or whether the state of Kentucky was going to put a, a travel ban on anybody from coming from Wisconsin. And to this point, we haven't heard that yet. Um, actually, the website that the North American is, is using the last time I looked at it Wisconsin was actually below the threshold of fifteen percent on the website they're using. So, you know, I I I think there's so much variation in the reports and what's what's being utilized out there that I'm I'm not hundred percent certain, you know, where the numbers are coming from exactly. But that's the last time I checked the website, we were below the fifteen percent threshold that Kentucky was requiring.
2: So, how many lambs? You because it's the junior show. So, how many lambs you taken? Who's showing what?
4: We have we have down the size a little bit. My. My older son, it's a, in his sophomore year at South Dakota State, has opted not to go just because he's got class issues and things like that going on. And and so, and so one other, his girlfriend usually travels with us, and she opted not to go. She's a freshman at UW-Madison. So the two of them opted not to go, so we won't be taking any of our Lincolns this year. Um, but my son has been my younger son has been working with three or four Hamps, and we've got a couple of southdowns that we're taking for my nieces to show. So we're probably down to five. Um, but then there's, you know, we usually travel with a considerable crew of other families that go with us that decided not to go this year or decided to go as a family themselves. So there's actually going to be about four families down there that kind of all get together once we get down there. Of course, we'll have to live by the social, uh, social distancing guidelines, the face mask orders, and some of those kind of things that are going to be mandated once we get down there. Um, they're also setting us up with wristbands that indicate where we can be, and you know, so that they can kind of control Who's in what building. It is an exhibitor-only show, so there won't be any general public there watching this year. So, you know, they're going to kind of keep us in pods of sheep exhibitors, so to speak, and, and probably even junior show sheep exhibitors for that weekend so that, you know, if something does happen, they have a smaller group that they have to track down to let them know that they were exposed. So so yeah. it actually sounds like they've got a pretty good plan.
2: Yeah, it does. And and I and I was kind of, you know, glancing it's a lot of info to take in. I I'd, I'd be yeah. lying to anybody if I said it was it was simple to to look over, but uh one change that I noticed uh, was was pretty noticeable is is you can't actually stay in the barns overnight unless you're a dairy exhibitor.
4: Yeah, and I kind of was was curious why. I mean, not that I have anything. I just don't know what the difference is between dairy exhibitors, beef exhibitors, sheep exhibitors, but yeah, there I did see that rule. They've also tightened down, you know, most everybody sets up their camps down there and feeds their crew on site with their own, you know, small cooking devices, crockpots, and I think they're going to clamp down on that and not allow that this year. Um, so there are some things that are different that we won't be, you know, won't be able to do some of the, the old comforts that we've had, but at the same time, we're just willing to compromise so that we can have a show. Right.
2: There. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's still Louisville. Yep. I mean, if you can go, you can go.
4: It's still the green shavings.
2: <laughs> it is still the green shavings. And then finally, before I let you go, Todd, how exactly do you expect the competition to be? Because I know last time we talked, some folks, some of the some of the heavy hitters were opting not to go. I was curious if maybe they had changed their mind and if the competition had gotten stiffer. What have you heard?
4: You know, I haven't heard to this point. I, To be honest with you, I, I anticipate the junior show to be as competitive as it ever is. I mean, I, there's a few that won't be there, but you know, the, I think the junior show, the diehard junior show kids will be there. The families will be there. They will find a way to go. I mean, that's that's what they live for, you know, and I think maybe more of the open show. The open show may be somewhat different this year um, because I think there will be some some exhibitors that are typically there that won't be. Um, but I think for the most part I expe- expect the junior show to be still as competitive and as, as well attended as, as ever I've actually seen like I, I saw a report that the Kansas City the American Royal in Kansas City had all-time highs for entries this year in their, in their junior show in their in their meat animal shows because kids had projects that they weren't able to show in other in other state fairs and you know Kansas City gave them the opportunity so they entered and came and I think Exarbon was actually up a little bit this year as well so You know, I think the junior shows these families are finding a way to attend them.
2: I completely understand. We've been seeing that all year long with everything from, uh, like you said, the, the Royal out in Kansas City to World Beef Expo, the events that are actually happening. Exhibitors are flocking there in huge numbers just because they want to work those animals. They want to put them on a trailer, go somewhere, and have a little sense of normalcy. So, Todd Taylor, sheep exhibitor and breeder here in the state of Wisconsin. They are, in fact, going to be able to go down to the North American International Livestock Expo in Louisville, Kentucky. That show kicked off on November 3rd, but Todd is heading down for the Junior Show, and he is heading down there on November 12th. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin.
0: Safe travels to Todd, as well as all of our Wisconsin livestock exhibitors headed down to Louisville. We'll be following their progress. Markets, as far as progress is concerned, well, we're seeing a little. In overnight electronic trade this morning, December corn's up about four at 409. November soybeans 13 cents higher at 1092. January beans are up 13 cents at 1099. July new crop wheat in overnight trade, a nickel stronger right now at 608 a bushel. But Dairy was not that fortunate yesterday. Barrel cheese dropped three at two forty-nine and a half. Forty-pound block cheese dropped ten and a half at two sixty-three. Double A butter on Wednesday was up a penny and a quarter at one forty-three and three quarters per pound. November milk that's uh, nine cents lower, traded at twenty-three seventy-seven. The December milk's down six right now at twenty eleven. January milk settled seven cents lower, seventeen ninety-two a weight. Okay, so what precipitated that major drop, especially as far as 40-pound block cheese was concerned? We're going to be talking about that next with Matt Tranel. He's a risk manager with Commodity Risk Management Group down in Plantville. He's coming up.
1: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
0: Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com.
1: A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Keeping Wisconsin strong.
2: If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at RuralMutual.com careers. Rural Mutual
1: keeping Wisconsin strong.
7: We don't offer greasy handshakes. Or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto
6: Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of
7: complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from
4: McDonald's.
1: Tom's Auto Center. Tom Spitz.
4: And David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. Recently, many things have changed, but this one hasn't. Settlers Bank commitment to your financial well-being. With our trusted digital solutions, you can do most of your banking from home. Or, for in-person service, simply give us a call.
0: To learn more, go to settlerswi.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC Equal Opportunity
4: Lender. In Windsor and Madison.
1: Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm, babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Young.
0: Well, of all mornings we're talking to you, there's still a lot of uncertainty out there. The presidential election, still trying to figure things out as far as House and Senate is concerned. Is that influencing our markets for Thursday? Joining us from Platteville, Commodity Risk Management Group's own market analyst, Matt Tranel. Matt, thanks for checking in. Man, I, I tell you, I love it on mornings like this when you guys are along with me because uh, you're watching it more and uh, closer than I am. Uh, what say ye on the influence of the uncertainty with the elections on the markets this morning?
5: Yeah, so uh, when you look at the uh, the markets here this morning, uh, you look at corn and soybeans, they're, they're well higher. You look at uh, the stock market. Specifically, we're up 416 points. Uh, that follows uh, a day in, in yesterday where we were up 350 points in the Dow Jones and had been up as much as 800 points at one particular point in time. So uh, I think the markets are actually somewhat OK with what is currently playing out in the presidential race, the Senate race and the House race uh, as uh, the market was kind of looking and hearing about this uh, blue wave that could take place and the uncertainty regarding some of the newer policies that might be put into play. If that were to take place so far, uh, that appears to be a little bit more unlikely given uh, what has been playing out in the Senate. Uh, The Senate seems to uh, be playing out that uh, Democrats might not be able to pick up the majority And so to pass a bill or to get past the filibuster that's currently in place, it would need a lot more uh, work and and compromise to be done between both uh, Republicans and Democrats. But uh, at least at this point in time, it looks like the market, especially the stock market, is fairly okay with what's playing out because uh, it would take a lot more for major policy change to take place within the legislature.
0: All right, let's pivot and turn directly to our dairy markets here, Matt, because we saw a major downturn on the forty-pound block cheese price yesterday. Is that uh, tied at all to the election? Is it about the food box movement? What what brought that market down so quick?
5: Yeah, a lot of it has to be has to do with the food box program. Uh, we are now in round four of the food box program, and this will basically take us from November first to. Uh, the, uh, December 31st. And so uh, one of the, the things that we're keeping a very, very close eye on is that there was only so much money left in the food box program for round four. There's $486 million that uh, the USDA could allocate for round four. And so uh, when you compare round four statistics to round three, uh, it equates to $8 million per day is going to be spent on the food box program. And that's still a very large chunk. We estimate that that's about 1.5 to 2% of US milk supply. But when you look and compare it to round three of the program, there was $20 million spent per day, and it equated to roughly 3.6 to 4.5% of US milk supply. And so while we're still buying a significant amount of product or, or allocating it to that program, uh, it's it's a significant step back from from round three, and how that likely translate in time is there's not as much pressure on the cheddar values on the semi spot dairy cheese becomes a little bit more and more available uh, each day and week that goes by, and so um, you did see recently cheddar prices go to record prices blocks didn't quite get to the record price that we said earlier this year but barrels did. And currently we're sitting with a $2.55 pound uh, average on the CME, um, but the last two days you've seen that blocks step back 15 cents, 10 and a half alone yesterday, and barrels are down three. So the question really starts to come into play whether that trend or transition into lower cheese values is already beginning. Um, you look at world prices as well, uh, and our $2.55. Average on the CME is is at 255, and the world price is at $1.72. Um, $1.72 is a price that more more people in the market are more comfortable with than where we're currently at.
0: Yeah, that's been the case for a while. We knew we were toppy. I just wondered how quickly uh, we could see it all unravel. And you know, the other thing that we've got to kind of factor in here now, Matt, is aside from that food box program, we also have to pay attention to consumer buying trends. We've been getting a lot of uh, incidental reports about consumers stocking up on things like cheese and butter that they can freeze. And then there's also the world movement. You and I were kind of talking online this morning that uh, COVID numbers are not only escalating here in Wisconsin, they're escalating around the world, and that could cause consumer price changing.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something that we definitely need to keep our, keep our eyes on and, and keep, it, keep our eyes peeled to. Um, ultimately, in Europe, there's three major countries that have uh, shut down, at least for a uh, period of time, uh, most notably France, Germany, and England. And not only that, but right here in the United States, Um, I mean, you're seeing COVID cases surge, especially in the Midwest. Uh, As of November 3rd, there was uh, 92,000 cases in the United States on that particular date. And with the election here, I mean, the two candidates do have some uh, different uh, plans or different uh, talking points of how they would potentially deal with more escalation of COVID. Uh, President Trump had mentioned that he was very much against shutting down the country. And, Uh, Vice President Joe Biden uh, hasn't ruled it out. And so uh, we have to keep an eye on that because the last shutdown that happened in the United States, we saw block cheese prices fall 46%. We had uh, a 33% decline in barrels and 37% in butter. If you remember back, cheddar cheese put in a low at a dollar per pound. That would be uh, catastrophic uh, to milk prices Uh, in the class three and and in the Midwest specifically. Um, but then you also have to kind of keep your eye on if prices do fall, will there be additional stimulus that potentially comes to agriculture and dairy in general? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we don't know for sure. There was talk that Congress was working on that ahead of the election, but they did shut it down, Mm. um, prior to the election. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, we'll see. It, it's it's a possibility.
0: Yeah, I got you, man. All kinds of unknowns at this stage in the game. Appreciate it, Matt Matt Channel along with us, joining us from Platteville. Now, I just noticed that they went from CR Commodity Risk Management Group to Ever Ag, their new brand. Ever Ag, the new brand for Matt Trannell and the folks down in Platteville. We appreciate him with his uh, bird's eye view on what's going on trading on a Thursday.